Yo, 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 what's up? It's Ben Scarborough, and I'm uh, chilling here at Third Eye Collective in the secret room with one very special guest, Mike Izzard from Audiobox Studios. Mike, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. No cool, doubt, man. No doubt. So what brings you here to Atlanta, Mike? Uh, business. Uh, love it in Atlanta. I mean, if you're going to do music, you have to be in Atlanta, and uh, that's why I came, uh, to see Sammy and the crew. I mean, you guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Always been my favorite place to stop at when I come to Atlanta. It's a must whenever you're That's in the high city. praise. Oh, man. It's, it's factual. Facts, facts, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So, um, how long are you here? I'm just here for the day. I've got to go back tomorrow and uh, start back on some more studios and different projects up there. So, tell, uh, for everybody at home that doesn't know, tell everybody about Audiobox Studios and its current iteration today. Uh, Audiobox is a studio that. Uh, Pretty much if you're in the music business, uh, you're going to find out about us or you'll come by. We uh, pretty much pretty much the number one studio in North Carolina, South Carolina. I mean, I think that would be fair to say. I got to come check it out, man. <laughs> it's nice. I mean, it's the atmosphere. A lot of people say that's what's us apart, you know. It's just the feel that you get. I've had uh, heads of record labels coming in. They were just like, man, just the feel of it. It's just something about it. And uh, that's something, you know, I thank God for allowing me to build this some something different so what's the layout of the studio how many rooms do you guys have uh we've got three total rooms uh we've got uh, a b and c the c room is in our tattoo shop in the back it's just something that we had to build because it grew so fast on us that you okay know, tats yeah 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 so everything is kind of you know we've got everything and we've got uh two showers in the studio essential oh yeah yeah we've got a, a full kitchen a full bar oh basketball goal, scripper pole. What? And the tattoo shop. So, I mean, you know, one stop. So, who are some of the uh, some notable artists that have recorded that audio box? Uh, just recently, we had like eight or nine different major artists in that one time. We had Yellow Beezy, um, uh, Asian China Doll, Sweetie, uh, Quavo, uh, Gucci Man, uh, P from uh, uh, Quality Control. Uh, we had, uh, who else? Uh, Block Boy, JB, um, Rocco. Nice. And uh, maybe one or two more. Sweet. And Ghana. So we had a lot of people that one time, and that was kind of exciting for us because whenever you watch your project grow into something that's major, then uh, it's a best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go back a little bit. Okay. Let's talk about early days. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Mike Izzard before the studio. Um, You had a career in DJing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I ended up DJing because I was in a band and they kicked me out. And what I, year is this? What, what, what year? Uh, it's hard to say, but them numbers don't mean nothing to us. But anyway. <laughs> he was in a band. Yeah, I was in a band that kicked me out. And I just wanted, you know, I just prayed that I would be able to show them that I knew what I was talking about. So I'm from the band and the DJing, and that was a great success uh, to the point that, you know, the local radio station, which back then was the big DM, is still the big DM. We end up uh, providing equipment for them as well as uh, helping with uh, a weekly uh, mix show with uh, PD and uh, Wiggy Fresh. Uh, so that turned out to be great. We did that for years down there and, uh, and uh, went from there, from DJing, and then I slowly crossed over to actually uh, building my own studio because we just noticed that, you know, the violence had got so bad in the clubs that there was more fighting than anything, and we kind of was just like, you know what, let's just go ahead and stop this and get into the next phase. So the next phase was learning how to build. So the building took place as far as just learning how to first do concrete and then interior work. And uh, 
And long story short, you know, I was end up working for Bill Evans from Def Jam, and he introduced me to someone from California who I uh, end up, you know, working with uh, Rick Ross and E Class, and then it kind of snowballed from there to Fantasia to Rocco, and just different clients. And uh, and basically, once I got finished with that, I just kind of had to go back to actually getting in the studio, building my own studio. Okay, so this first studio, mm-hmm. what was your background in construction around the time that that first studio was constructed? I mean, I was always good with a hammer because, you know, I always worked with my dad and he always showed me, you know, things to do. And I was always exploring things, tearing things apart, building things. So it wasn't no problem in building things. Okay. It was just trying to get the money to do it. Where it. was this studio? I was in Kershaw, South Carolina. It's still? No, it's probably uh, been tore down by Okay, yeah, it's yeah. defunct now. Yeah. Exactly. Now, what were what were some early major breakthroughs in that studio that you yourself woke up in the morning and looked at yourself and said, "Wow, that that happened at my studio. This is this is going to be big." I think any night that you know people came through was good. I mean, you know, of course, you know when you get people like Fantasia coming through and uh, uh, Dolph and people like that, you know, mm-hmm. every time you kind of have to pinch yourself or thank God that man, we just had, you know. Gucci Man in the studio. We just had 50 Cent in the studio. Yeah. T.I. You know, so, you know, you could be home in bed and get a call and, you know, it's T.I. saying, you know, hey, can I get in there maybe 15 minutes or so? And, you know, so it's those kind of calls that make you realize that you're in the music business, you know. Audio box. Yeah, the world famous. So, let's see. I, uh, I have only been to about a handful of studios here that I could probably consider maybe on that level mm-hmm. that have a, a historical... Uh, air about it. They've mm-hmm. been open for multiple decades. Like I think yeah. Doppler Studios is here in Atlanta. Hatchwork. Hatchwork. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like Tree Sound. Have you been up to Tree Sound? The only one I've been in Atlanta is uh, Patchwork. And the crazy thing about Patchwork, I just so happened to uh, call one day and ask, could I come in and see it? And uh, when I got to the studio and they opened up the door, they said, you're Mike from Audio Box. And I'm just like, yes, it's sir. one of those moments where it's just like, you know, <laughs> you gotta I'm pop your own collar on that one. Oh, it's it's a blessing, man, because I was just like, how in the hell y'all know about me? He said, it's our business, know who the competition is. And, oh, nice. And we've been watching you on the internet, and as a matter of fact, we were talking about you this morning because we want to do a uh, we want to do a showcase or something in uh, Charlotte, and we was thinking about having that your spot. So just to hear something like that, knowing that you're on a level that someone can pay attention to you, is you know, it's one of those moments where you know that okay, I'm in the music business, you know. Label, label. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever uh, toy around the idea of starting a label? We, we do at times, but you know we're kind of bouncing back and forth. We're gonna do something like it in the future because we have no choice. Everybody pretty much saying that you know mm-hmm. we've got more content than a label, meaning that there's so much goes on in there that the only thing we need to do is just really get behind artists. So, okay. So and that's why I'm kind of down here because I want to work with Third Eye and see what we can do as far as collaborating because I've always looked up to you guys because of your cutting edge things that you oh, are doing. Man. Everything from the artwork and just, you know, the EDM and rap and, you know, I mean, there's no telling who you can find here. So just being down here is where I come and just kind of recharge my batteries because it's just such a good place just to meet people not and that's what i try to tell people you got to get out of your home studio you got to go to somewhere like third eye or audio box which we work closely together but you have to go to these type places because being in the music business is just like being on the highway if you don't know nobody you're gonna pass right by you can have a flat tire on the highway and if you don't know that person you're gonna pass by 
That's a great way to put that. But whenever you're interacting with different people in the studio, such as this one, uh, you learn that, okay, that's so-and-so, let him come in the studio, you know. Mm -hmm. People just don't let you in the studio if they don't know you, you know. Yeah. You're going to have to pay to get in there. So anytime you can gain people trust and, you know, be able to work with different people and network, it's just like going to church. You know, you go to church and you fellowship and things like yeah. that. So when you go to a studio like this, you know, <clears throat> you never know who you're going to meet there. And I think that's the importance of Audio Box as well as Third Eye Collective is that when you're here, there's no telling who you're going to meet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I hear somebody beating in the background now. I mean, it could be 808 Mafia or whoever <laughs> that I see, you know, working out of here. So Someone's those, cooking up something. Yeah, but those things are important because you may have a song that, you know, someone will say, let me hear what you got. And uh, the number one thing I know we going from thing to thing, but the number one thing that I try to tell artists about, you know, if they say they're a singer, this, that, you know, how long you been singing? I've been singing all my life. Okay, sing something. Or what you want me to sing is just like, you have to have your act together. When yeah. somebody say that, you know, let me hear you sing something, you need to have, you know, mm -hmm. at least three or four songs you can go to a rap, you know. Yeah. And that's what people do. They say that they're a rapper, they say that they're a singer, but when they get in front of somebody, they freeze up and what do you want me to rap about? It's just like, it's your life. You said you've yeah. been doing it all your life, you know, so. Hey, man, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready, man. Exactly, that's it. So, um... A lot of people listening to this episode right now have no idea that you actually came in here and built the studio that they are recording in over there, right over here at Third Eye Collective. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, something that I really wanted to do because Sam is just such a cool guy. And like I said, you guys, all the things you do, it makes it worth coming. Anything from blowing glass to oh yeah, all that. I mean, the whole time I was here, I'm looking at you all do statues and all kind of stuff, photo shoots, and I'm just like, <laughs> everything's here. Everything's yeah. here. And that's what makes it, and you never know who you're going to meet here. And that's why I come to uh, Atlanta just to get that feeling and seeing who I could, you know, meet up with. I mean, just like today, I met someone that, you know, I never thought I would meet, but just coming down here and networking with you guys. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Being meet. on that highway. Yeah, you got to be on the highway. <laughs> so check this out. Okay. There's a lot of young entrepreneurial people listening, I'm sure. People who may uh, eventually want to go on and start their own recording studio. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure you've got plenty of advice for somebody like that who wants to like take the reins and get yeah. started and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, if you could uh, say to uh, a young entrepreneur now who wants mm -hmm. to open their own studio, yeah. circa 2019, what are some of the first things that you would, what you would recommend to somebody? Uh, don't get an investor. Unless you absolutely positively have to. Yeah, that's real. That's strong. And um, I think that was one of the things that stunted my growth. Anytime that you want to bring an investor or something in, then it never works out the way you think it's going to. Okay. Know? I mean, they might say that we're going to give you $74,000, and they may give you two or 3000 down, and all of a sudden, you know, they've got their name on a contract, and it kind of it just slows you down. Nobody never does what they say they're going to do. The best thing, I would rather save up the money and do it myself than to bring in other people because you got a whole different mindset that may think totally different than you. Fortunately, I do have a partner that, you know, he uh, not only did what he said he was going to do, but he pretty much doubled what he said he was going to oh, do. Oh, that's amazing. And that's what made this partnership work, and uh, that's what was stunting audio box. It was just, don't go around Mike. He's going to ask you for some money because <laughs> I knew it was going to be successful. It was just a situation I would beg, borrow, and steal whatever I had to do yeah. to get it because I knew what it was going to be. So from day one, I didn't care about people saying, you know, this guy's begging for money. This okay. Day. I didn't care. So this is going to be a little bit of a fun one. It might be a little bit of a curveball, but uh, this is this is for everybody out here listening. What is 
what's one of the craziest things that's ever happened to you at AudioBox? Where maybe you <laughs> turned the corner and you said, what, what the fuck? I think it was one night. Um, like I said, we do have a stripper pole that's for medicinal purposes, but for those <laughs> in the listening audience. Strippers. <laughs> yeah. I can't say stripper, but y'all know what I mean. <laughs> but anyway, it was this girl who wanted to get on the pole. So it was just like, okay, have at it. Built real nice, looked beautiful. Anyway, she backed up to the pole and put up her hands like that, and she wanted somebody to lift her up. Okay. So there was a guy sitting right there. He came and lifted her up, and her show, her uh, legs were up on his uh, shoulders and everything. And right at the same time he decided to bag up, she decided to let go. So her head went from the top of the ceiling down to the concrete, and you could just feel the floor shake. I turned my head and the camera at the same time because I'm looking for blood and brains. She jumped up like nothing ever happened and said, you dropped me. And I'm just like, I thought we were going to get sued or something. Bands make her dance. <laughs> but her head actually hit so hard, man, it just vibrated the whole floor. And I was just like, I knew she was either dead or. Yeah. But she jumped up and like, you know, and I'm just like, whoa. And that, that stayed with you over the past few years. You just go yeah, back yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on the pole at your own risk. Now, have you ever had? A top 10 hit or a number one single come out of audio box? I know you have, but what are some of these biggest, biggest Oh uh, Yeah, hits? as a matter of fact, right now, uh, uh, the baby. He's got uh, one of the number He just signed hits. Interscope, right? Yeah, he signed Interscope. We've been recording baby for about two years, and uh, he uh, he's just been somebody who just constantly at it. It was nothing that, I could say, we done. I mean, he came in and paid for what he wanted to do, and he knew what he was going to do. And uh, He's a North Carolina native, right? Uh, yeah, I think he's from Detroit, but he moved here when he was like seven. But you okay, know, yeah, I mean, we watched him where you know when he first kind of got a big buzz, the whole city was behind him, and then it kind of died out a little bit. Mm -hmm. He kept doing what he did, and uh, you know, to see him now is just like it's amazing, man. You I think know. he's on tour right now, actually. Yeah, he's on a, a real good tour, and uh, I actually had a chance to go on stage and watch him and. Just to see that many people, you know, trying to break down the barricade to get him. It's just like everything Support. he's getting, he deserves it because, you know, he paid the price. He can rap too, man. If y'all haven't heard the baby's self-titled album on day, on uh, on Interscope, it's actually not self-titled. It's called Baby on Baby. Y'all need to go check that out. Tracks yeah. 1 through 12 really pop. There's some Instagram comments. I mean, Instagram captions in that lyric book. Just, just y'all need to go dig into that because it's awesome. But the crazy part about it, he never writes anything down. He just listens to the beat and goes in there. And pretty Talent. much within three or four minutes, he'll say his verse, whatever he has to say, or come up with it right there on the spot. And that's the way he always records. That's know. kind of prolific if you think about it. Oh, yeah. Like I say, I'm nothing but happy for him because uh, I, I never in my wildest dream that I think somebody would put Charlotte on the map like he's doing. So... If I had a studio, mm -hmm. and uh, me, me being an avid music fan, now there would probably be a, a moment where somebody that I was a fan of came in there, and mm -hmm. I would be like, yes. Did you ever have that moment where uh, a favorite musician of yours came uh, through? Yeah, I think uh, 50 Cent was one of them because I never thought I would meet uh, 50 Cent. But since I've been in the music business, I've met everybody from mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian to uh, um, everybody, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Drake, um, Nicki Minaj, uh, list goes on and oh, on. Oh, yeah. Gucci man, so all of them are, are you know, it's like a milestone. I think Block Boy JB is one of my favorites because it's just like, you know, you're seeing somebody just like yourself who basically came from nothing and he's being respected for something. So I think that's what I like, just seeing somebody just raw 
who's being respected and in navigating in, the industry. Exactly, exactly. So being in a place that Block Boy JB is in right now, okay, you know, does you can the, the hustle kind of mirrors your own maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just knowing that you know nobody expect nothing good to come out of you, and whenever you do make it, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's good. It's a good feel. It's just like that victory lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how many studios have you built, Mike? Not many. I try not to build any. Uh, actually, when I got ready to build mine, I really didn't want to see any professional studios because I wanted mine to be different. So uh, the first thing I thought about is let me do like an MTV-style kitchen and build the whole studio from that because uh, okay. I wanted it to have a look of um, like an industrial-type look, but at the same time something modern. I didn't want to go out off of no pattern because most studios are built by carpenters that only know how to build houses and that's it. Okay. So I wanted to come from a different angle and I think that that's what helped pave, pave the way to, you know, to make us successful. Everybody comes because of the feel of it and, you know, the looks of it, the colors, mm-hmm. everything, uh, you know, I pray it came to me and that's, that's real. Do you guys have windows in the uh, no. A and B room? So it could be any uh, time of day? Yeah, well, I don't have any extra Eternal windows, but yeah, I mean, you could be in the A or B room and you never know what time it is. And I purposely I think did that's that. key. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't want it to be a time factor, you know. Yeah. Anything. You could be in at 12 o'clock and you think that is uh, midnight, you know. So, so, so outside of music mm-hmm. and outside of construction, yeah. are there any other creative endeavors that you've had in like a different field? Like, like could be poetry, could be painting, could be think something in the movie industry. No, that's about it. I mean, uh, I do a lot of things, but uh, as far as getting into something else, uh, no. I mean, I'm a photographer as well, so I mean, okay. you know, that would probably be my only hobby other than, you know, the music. And people can see your photography on the uh, Audiobox Instagram, maybe? Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything on Instagram I've done, you know, but that's just iPhone. I mean, it does. And while you guys are listening to this, go ahead and pull that Instagram up. What, what's the at on the account? Uh, Audiobox Studios. Three separate words. Audiobox Studios. Those three very special words all together as a username is where you can find Mike and his company on Instagram. And just go ahead and scroll through that feed real quick. I know you're listening, but, but just go ahead and, you know, scroll and take and a look. And follow, and follow. Oh, yeah, and yeah. a big follow. Yeah. But if you go down through there, you're going to see pretty much, you know, my life's an open book. And uh, only it's about 1% of what really goes on in audio box. But it's a place that, you know, it cost me my wife and my girlfriend, so. Now, that is an entrepreneurial story straight from the Entrepreneur's Bible. Yeah, because I mean, where I'm going, I mean, you know, I really didn't want to drag my wife or or anybody else through, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm going through, which is, you know. Those long nights. Oh, yeah. I never know when I'm coming home and I never know who's showing up or anything like that. So, you know, I just didn't want to have no time restraints on what I did. That's so, that's yeah. real. Yeah, That's uh, something that everybody has to consider when they, they go yeah. out like that. Yeah. But I knew I was going to be successful, but this is just the beginning. I mean, you know, I think this new project that we're going to be working on with you guys, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's really going to be doing something. So, you know, Third Eye is definitely a place where, you know, a lot of producers come and um, I'm always anxious to hear, you know, who y'all have just signed and things like that. For everybody who don't know, I mean, these guys are signing some of the hardest artists out there, EDM rap i mean real trap music i mean you know real gutter everything we, you know. we call this place ground zero for a reason oh yeah yeah <laughs> i mean but the good thing about it everybody gets along people from all walks of life yeah. you know comes and i think the same uh true with audio bots you know football players you get famous rappers mm-hmm. I mean, you know but they're just like us because when you're here 
you're at home and you yeah. know it's just you know settle down and do what you do and network and uh that's a good part about it. a lot of studios you know it's all about you know sign here do this do that but i think we kind of provide more of a family atmosphere mm-hmm. or almost like a coke talk type following when you come here because it's just all kind of people here yeah. and that's a good thing about it and uh, everybody's treated you know equally so it's not a favorite you know whether you're a rapper or a rock star or whatever it's, it's a good feel so you've got some other ventures going on here in ATL. Would you like to let anybody know about that, or is it uh, early days? Uh, it's still early right now, but looking forward to possibly doing a joint venture with uh, with some big wigs. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, definitely uh, Atlanta's a place that I'm looking forward to uh, getting a place in as well because – Hey, ATL to Charlotte Connect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Charlotte is growing so fast that uh, – I still want to come down here because this is a place where it's just a lot of things going on. Now, you know what? It just hit me that there was something that happened that was highly controversial with the North Carolina entertainment business scene, mm-hmm. uh, specifically regarding the film industry. Wasn't yeah. there something? Yeah, they took away the tax breaks uh, that they were given uh, the movie industry, and that was something that was stupid because it was just, I know one of the ladies that was on the board, on the film board, Okay, and they were actually bringing so much money into Charlotte, it was crazy for them to cut it, but someone just said, look, you know, we need to quit giving them a tax break. They didn't know what they was talking about because they didn't understand the amount of money that was coming into it. I mean, the particular lady I was talking to, she said she was spending over a million dollars a day when she was here in Charlotte. Wow. And for somebody that said, you know, well, we shouldn't give them no tax break because, you know, they're really not helping us. Mm-hmm. They didn't know the facts and they in the process of reversing it now, if they haven't already. Last I heard, that's what they were doing. That, uh, that rings true. I, I have met some people in the past year that mm-hmm. told me that the reason that they're down here in Georgia from yeah. North Carolina was yeah. that specific moment in time when they yeah. just like couldn't make money in the industry uh, in, the, um, in the union that they were in. Exactly, but she was saying that, you know, whenever something like that happens, it's hard for them just to come back because when you start moving out, all this equipment and stuff, that's not an easy job. That's not something you can just do in one or two days. Right. It's such a big hassle that, you know, it's almost like, you know, you can change the the law back, but it's just like, we done moved all this stuff now. You it's know. like people moving their entire studio. Exactly, yeah. They don't want to go through that again, you know. But hopefully it'll come back. I think, you know, we're beginning to see a little bit, a little bit of it now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this being the secret room and – me being Ben Scarborough, you know, I'd be a little remiss if I didn't ask you about uh, gaming. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be big. Gaming is something that I hear a lot of professional football players uh, putting their money into mm-hmm. and uh, different entrepreneurs because it's something that if you're not aware of it, it's growing real big. I mean, they have uh, competitions and things like oh, that yeah. that a lot of people don't even know about. And I'm only on the back end of it listening to it and hearing these people investing in it and yeah. I'm just like, boy, that's the next new wave. I mean, can, we, like, can we go back to the, uh, to the arcades? Can we go back to early young Mike, maybe pumping quarters <laughs> in a Miss Pac-Man? Can we oh, talk about man. a high score? Maybe it wasn't necessarily high score, but just being able to play a pinball machine. I meant pinball. That, okay. Yeah, 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 that, that was, uh, and was there a specific pinball machine in, uh, can you see it? Do you know which one it is? Uh, I forgot by now, but, uh, <laughs> But it was fun. It was a way, I mean, you know, it was a way to relieve some, you know, tension and whatnot. Sure. You know, just something to do. Yeah. So we're big gamers here, obviously. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I always get a, I always get a little, little chuckle out of asking somebody about like a, 
a, a positive gaming memory that they've had. And so like just yeah. pinball enough, that's, that's really special. You're oh. actually the first person I've sat down with who, who can remember like a good pinball experience, you know? Yeah. I could go back a ways, you know, <laughs> but any, anything in the video game realm? Uh, I can't think of the name of it. Um, gosh, I'll think of it in a minute. Okay. But uh, anyway, uh, I meant, but to be honest, which I work so much, I don't even own a, a game console. I've never played a game console. Okay. I mean, I've had the uh, hustle grind. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, uh, <laughs> I like working, and uh, when you work 14, 15 hours a day, it leaves very little time yeah, for true. gaming. But uh, I still don't think that it's progress. The graphics is not where I want it to be at yet. I want real graphics. I want you can actually see real people and know, you know, it's just. Yeah. So, what about virtual reality? That's big right now. I think that's still behind us. Me too. I'm a real futuristic person, and I kind of. Want it to be farther along than what it is. I think you're trying to plug something into your head, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I really want something to be, you know, if it's virtual reality, I want it to be to a point that's just like, whoa, I can't tell night from day. This is real, you know. So that's what I'm looking for is to be able to really see. And it's going to get there. I mean, the computers are getting faster. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are getting smarter. And with people doing the gaming stuff, I think that. Yeah. It's going to get there. I mean, it's just, it's a good time to be alive. And I guess every generation say that. Yeah. But I think today's kids don't have no idea of the progress that we've made. To them, it's just an upgrade. To us, it's just like, whoa, you know. Yeah. It is kind of like some WTF. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe this is going on right now. Man, tell me about it. But yeah, I mean, just being down here, man, it's always great to come here uh, just to see the caliber of people you have here. And yeah. You, you all still are grounded and. You know, that's a good feeling, and I look forward to, uh, you know, doing the work that we're going to be doing together. So Yes, sir. It's going to be great. Well, uh, what do you say we get out of here? It's up to you, man. Like, cause I'm having fun. I'm here in the ATL. I come down here to hang out with Sammy. I think yeah. He's around here somewhere. So Let's go out of here to get a drink, man. All right, let's do that. But, but check this out. Before uh-huh. we get out of here, just yeah. because we got the ears of everybody from inside the perimeter to all the way up the East Coast. Yeah. You probably want them to know. Let these people know something, man. Follow Audio Box. Audio Box Studios. And uh, just go all the way down through it, and I think you'll see a history that uh, even my grandmom's proud of. That's, that's brilliant, man. Well, you guys heard it first. It's Mike Izzard and Ben Scarborough sitting right here at Third Eye Collective in the secret room, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. No doubt. Appreciate it. Peace out. This is Gucci man first, she said, this is why I want a Gucci man first. The dope game hard, the wealth game easy, this is why I want a Gucci man first, she said. Gucci man first, she said, this is why I want a Gucci man first. On the East Atlanta balls, dirty south like Slim Dugger. Cheesy can make a hit with a Louisville slugger. Slap coach, can't pissed off, slick puller. Punch, kick your feet dead in this sucker. Popping on the radio, what else up, that's a diamond. Wild, wild with HP, smoking on the geek chat. Played you out of verse, cause I know you was a big crowd. Made Lil Will see the hook for a big slap. Did investigations, now I know your background. Heard you from Hawkinsville, 30 miles from Bagtown. Think you got a Buzz, cause you know that smokers got three deals, but they're still local. The dope game hard, the rap game easy.